You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. And your next host is responsible for switching from styrofoam to paper containers at McDonald's. It's Curtis Sliwa. Ah, joined by Mrs. Sliwa, Nancy Sliwa. We get to double team you, James Slippin. Yeah, no, no, don't go anyway. Okay, right I got to stay in the hot seat, I guess. I gave you homework yesterday to reach out to the socialist who is the controller of the city of New York, Brad Landon. It was reported that with his investments of pension dollars, city workers' pension dollars, in his last fiscal year, he had lost. $33 billion in investments. $33 billion. Yeah, that's what they uh, apparently have up on the website for the oh, comptroller. So they acknowledge that. Now, have you gotten an explanation? So I did reach out to the comptroller's press team, and I have a call scheduled for about an hour from now where I will be speaking to a representative from the comptroller's office, Brad Lander, and she said she's going to explain to me how they put these returns together. So she didn't deny. I asked, basically, is this $33 billion figure accurate? And she didn't, you know, say yes or no. She said, I'll talk to you tomorrow. This was yesterday about how we put these returns together. You mean how she'll give you some fiscal technology and I, try to explain how city workers and those who are already retired have now lost $33 billion in pension funds. First off, Nancy, who always does the deep dive, she's our e-attorney. She'll be on this. How many total dollars does Brad Land uh, have at his uh, at, at his hands to invest? What's the total pension uh, fund? It seems to be approximately $253 billion. $253 billion, and he lost $33 billion? And actually, last year, he, they paid out to uh, the Wall Street money managers to advise them on this this, this uh, great stock, I guess, $1.7 billion in fees. So we should get our money back. Obviously, they gave us bad advice. Or it's the socialist Brad Lando who doesn't know how to invest money in a capitalist thing. Marketplace. Weren't you saying towards the end of the year Wall Street has never been a hotter place to invest? Uh, yeah, I think the S&P 500 touched a record high, as oh, a matter of fact, towards oh, the so end of the year. Can you please, don't be nice with them. No, well, I told you yesterday what I wanted to ask about, which is that, you know, under the previous mayor, they talked about getting out of fossil fuels with the pension funds. Go, go for it all. And since, you know, Ukraine, Russia, the oil prices have been popping off. All those energy stocks have been doing really well. So I don't know if that's why, you know, in other words, the kind of, they talk about those woke investments, like environmental uh, guidance and you know leadership and all this kind of stuff. I can't remember what it's called. So let me let me get this ESG, straight. I think. So the Russians made money, the Iranians made money, but New York City's pension fund lost thirty three billion dollars. Well, look, I'm going to get an explanation for you in an hour. From Do you now. notice how your other colleagues haven't even touched this story in the news business? How you haven't heard anything about this? Well, Noam no, and I were talking about it before I came on. All right, all right. Well, this is ours. our news director. And then uh, after his conversation, Nancy is going to return to us on Thursday. You'll do the deep dive. You'll go in and you'll analyze where all these losses are. Meantime, I have more homework for you. You ready, uh, Mr. Jersey guy, Mr. Bloomfield? Sure. 
Uh, now that Mayor uh, Adams is demanding that everyone in New Jersey be in sync with him against Governor Abbott, I want you to reach out to the governor of New Jersey, Murphy, who's declared New Jersey a sanctuary state. Find out, is he going to take any of these illegal aliens who stop in New Jersey before they go on to New York City? What happens if they decide, you know something, I'm not going to go to New York City. I'm going to stay here in uh, Jersey City. I'm going to stay in Hoboken. Why the hell anybody would want to stay in Secaucus is beyond me. But let's assume they want to live in the Frank Lautenberg uh, station there like Richard Kramer did for years and always sued this state, a homeless guy. I, I want you to do some homework because clearly they, they don't seem to be uh, sympathetic or empathetic to Eric Adams, who we're going to discuss later on. I want you to call Ravi Bala, the Sikh mayor of Hoboken, who now wants to replace Bobby Menendez Jr., the evil seed of Bobby Menendez Sr. in, in Congress. I want you to contact, who is that? Who is the... Uh, the mayor of Secaucus there, wrong way, Mike Danelli, is that it? Uh, Gunnelli, I believe it is. Whatever. Yeah. Contact him. And, of course, Steve Fulop, who wants to become the next governor to replace the other gold mine sacks graduate, half in the bag, uh, Murphy. And find out from Fulop, you know, wait, you're a, you're a sanctuary city. What are you going to do if these illegal aliens, they see the Empire State Building across the Hudson, and they say, no, we want to stay right here in Jersey City on Grove Street. Mm-hmm. Can you can come back to me tomorrow with some information on this? Sure thing. Yeah, I got. Uh, so we've got the word on the New York City pension that we're going to try to yes, figure yeah. out, and then we're also contacting these New Jersey officials concerning the buses being dropped off there and then hightailing it into New. Want to bet they won't take any of the illegal aliens? Want to bet? Um, I I don't know. I think that maybe they might. You know, like a guy like Steve Fulop might look at that as a way to yeah, beef yeah. up his bona fides with see. the progressive Let's left. Let's see. And then that'll make Eric Adams' day. Now get over there and start making your phone calls because you got homework to do by the time we return for the Rip and Read tomorrow. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now. To the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Riffin' Reed. This is the theme song, Mrs. Sliwa. Nancy, who's joining me today for the Rip and Read, you did a great job last week. While everybody was away on vacation, uh, so nice, we're going to do it twice every week. Good afternoon, everybody. 
Tuesdays and Thursdays as we do the deep dive and we get to the core of corruption of both Democrats and Republicans because I don't trust any of them. And this guy, what a pig of all pigs, a Hazarai, Senator Bob Menendez, senior senator of New Jersey, head of the Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate, one of the most powerful committees. And here it is again. He's got his beak in the trough with his crooked wife and crooked son, who's a congressman. He lives now in Englewood uh, Heights. And he's pleading like, oh, the government's trying to set me up, you know, because I'm opposed to Biden. I'm opposed to the Department of Justice. Yeah, I thought he was a a beacon for righteousness that's now being persecuted. That's not correct? Yeah, he's a, a beacon to let all the illegal aliens in at our expense. But anyway, let's go back to his most recent indictment when he was charged with being an agent for Egypt. And they went and raided the house of his crooked wife, and himself, in which they found gold bars in his uh, customized jackets and fat cash and his explanation for why he does that. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Never happened to him. He was born here. He said the history. The history, right. (laughs) So that's why he kept it all in gold bullion. By the way, in all the documents of the U.S. Attorney of the Southern District, Damian Williams, who has now superseded the original indictment and says he was also accepting money and gratuities and gold and cash from Qatar, not just Egypt, he would always ask whoever he was having dinner with. And by the way, they also say in the documents that whenever they would have dinner with he and his wife, who were grifters, they would always take all the sweet and low, you know, out of the containers at a fancy restaurant. They'd be stuffing their pockets with the sweet and low, with the gold bullion and the, and the American currency. He'd always ask, well, what's, what's the price of an ounce of gold? Do we know what that price is now? Well, it's a little bit over 2000 so it's $2,066. That was, that in every one of the documents, he'd always be sitting with the people he was grifting. In order to do a quid pro quo, and he said, so "Is that his way of trying to unload it on them?" Exactly. How much? <laughs> how much is an ounce of gold? How much? How much is an ounce of gold? He needed money. But let's go back to the original indictment because everybody here at WABC, you probably remember how I was screaming on the air that this guy was a crook. You had Dominic Carter who was defending him. Every host here, starting with Mark Levin, was defending him back in 2015, 2016. Yes, you led the charge. Because, oh, he stood up to the Obama White House, and he, he, yes, the leading Democrat in the, in the Senate, he said no to the Iran deal. That's why they're trying to jack him up. Meantime, he had a quid pro quo with the biggest thief of Medicare in the history of Medicare in the United States. Who is that infamous person again? Uh, so Dr. Solomon Melgen. Um, now, in 2015... He actually um, had been uh, brought up on charges. Uh, This was related to his relationship with Menendez. So he was brought up for bribery and fraud charges and also trying to influence uh, Bobby Menendez. But the charges that actually stuck were his uh, Medicare fraud charges. So he duped Medicare out of almost $100 million 
over the course of uh, several years uh, as an ophthalmologist. He was helping uh, specifically elderly patients and having them undergo unnecessary surgery for macular degeneration. So he was having them go in, in those unnecessary surgeries, collecting money, getting reimbursed from Medicare, and then pocketing the money. A hundred million dollars. This, this thief ripped off from Medicare. And the other thing he would do, because my father had these injections at the, right at the end of his life when he suffered uh, macular degeneration, he would put the needle in their eyeball, their iris, and instead of putting in the medication, it was a placebo, it was water. And then he would pocket the money from Medicare. This guy was a pig, a hazari. So how many years did he get for that? Yeah, so then he wound up in 2018. He was sentenced to 17 years, uh, but he wound up being uh, commuted by Trump in 2021. So only he served a few years. Of them. He should still be in prison now. Oh, hell yeah. He should have rotted in prison. Yeah. And then he was hooking Bobby Menendez up with hookers in the Dominican Republic who made a YouTube and talked in Spanish about what a cheapskate Bobby Menendez was. He wouldn't even leave a tip in uh, Dominican uh, uh, pesos. And for prior them. to him, prior to the uh, the charges being assessed against him, he had himself and through, you know, other different sort of funding had been able to get $660,000 to Bobby Menendez. So obviously that's what he was doing. He was buying influence from him. Oh, sure. And so there was a hung jury in Newark and all of our audience and all of our hosts and Dominic Carter at that time, who was uh, also a street reporter. In fact, Bobby Menendez would stop a press conference until his favorite reporter got there, Dominic Carter, who was soft served him. And everybody here, W.A.B., oh, you see, the Obama tried to jack him up. You see what happens when, when you stand up to a Democratic president? They weaponize the Department of Justice and the FBI. So now, new U.S. attorney, Southern District, Damian Williams, who already has notches on his belt, he took out Sam Bankman Freed, you know, Mr. FTX, took him out. He's, uh, he's targeting Eric Adams for corruption from Turkey. Notice all these foreign countries, Turkey. Uh, he indicted uh, Menendez and his wife for being grifters for Egypt. And now he superseded that indictment by saying that Bobby Menendez and his grifter wife were basically shaking down officials from Qatar for money in order to be able to influence legislation here through the Foreign Relations Com Committee that would benefit first Egypt and then Qatar. So basically... His Senate seat was for sale. You wanted to buy influence? You didn't have to go through a lobbyist. You went directly to Bobby Menendez, the crooked U.S. senator, or you went to his son, the crooked congressman who now sits in the seat that he used to occupy, or his Armenian crooked wife, and you didn't have a middleman. You just went right to Bobby Menendez, and you'd make a deal in a restaurant while he was stuffing his customized suit pockets with cash, with gold bars, and actually with all the sweet and low, he and his crooked wife could steal off the table. Yeah, I mean, and all you have to do is look at his relationship with Dr. Solomon. Um, you know, he was um, speaking on his behalf to officials to try and have them lower the charges against him. Like, explain it away like it was no big deal. Why are you focusing on this guy? So he absolutely did buy the influence there. And yet, time and time again, people will still call up here to WABC. And some of our hosts, I'm not going to mention their names. Uh, although Dominic Carter has given up that whole shtick of defending this guy. We'll say, well, you see, this is what happens. 
When you stand up to the Biden White House, Department of Justice and FBI, they weaponize all their forces against you. Is there anyone out there any longer who thinks that Bobby Menendez, crook, his son, the evil seed uh, fellow, uh, not that far from the rotten crooked tree, uh, Bobby Menendez Jr., the congressman, and his new Armenian wife, crooked to the marrow of her bone. Is there anyone out there who still believes that they're being set up by the Biden administration? And watch, he still wants to run for re-election. He's being challenged in the primary by Murphy's wife and this Asian congressman. His name escapes me in New Jersey. But you watch, he's going to go around every black church in New Jersey and he's going to say, oh, Biden attacked me. Oh, I've always been there for you. Oh, you got to come out and force and vote for me. And the first time they did, they did. They believed that nonsense. Hopefully there's none of you out there believing it again. So from one crook, Bobby Menendez, his crooked wife and his crooked son, the congressman, we go to the other crook, the target of the U.S. Attorney's Office Southern District, Eric Adams, who had his um, had his cell phones taken away outside of NYU. In fact, I discussed it in the morning as I do every morning at 7.05 with uh, Sid Rosenberg. Yeah, that's never a good sign. Well, he keeps saying, I keep te- texting the mayor, and the mayor never responds to me. I even wish him salutations and greetings, you know, for Christmas and New Year's. I said, schmuck, putt, Sid. He's using burner phones. He doesn't have his original phones. The FBI still has it. So every text, every time you try to call him, some FBI agent is on the other end saying, uh, can I help you, Mr. Yeah, Rosenberg? And to your point, I don't think it's a good idea to be communicating with him at this point, knowing that they're going to be reading everything. That guy is wired up like a Christmas tree in his $5,000 customized suits up next. One of the many uh, jobs that Nancy Sliwa has is each week when Eric Adams has his once-a-week press conference where he takes questions uh, off-topic, you're forced to have to watch it and then prepare all the cuts for the next day's show. When we come back, you have to explain what kind of a task that is and uh, what you do afterwards in order to maintain your sanity and deal with reality. Right here on your place to be, it's the Rip and Read with Nancy Sleewood today. And then we're going after Bill de Blasio. You you don't want to miss this. Nancy and I are double teaming up to go after that that mutt, that skell, that thief who took $1.5 billion of tax dollars for a fake, phony, fraudulent program called Thrive to help the emotionally disturbed. And all he ever did was help himself and his wife. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Talking about this is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa.
every week, every week, Eric Adams has a once-a-week press conference where he takes off-topic questions, and he uses what I call street trichnology to try to fool the population, both those in the city and those in our surrounding tri-state area. And apparently it hasn't worked too well because after two years, he has the lowest ratings of any mayor in the history of polls that have ever been done, as long as I've been alive, uh, which in March will be 70 years. The lowest ratings at 28%. That's 10 points lower than even his hero, uh, uh, as he calls himself, the Biden of Brooklyn, Joe Biden. But let me ask you, I've tasked you, Nancy, every week because we don't have the personnel here who can do the news and listen to his press conference simultaneously, like Noam Laden, our news director, or James Flippin, or Bob Brown. You're kind enough to listen to it. What, what, what is the experience when you have to sit there and listen to him and his staff talking for about an hour? Well, it's he, he, as you mentioned, he graces us with a once a week press conference where he'll take uh, off-topic questions. So he, he cut that back, I think, because he was getting a little bit nervous by, by taking too many random questions. So he walks in. He always has his theme music playing, which is the New York Jay-Z song. But now, he, this time, he had a, a different thing. He, he was overplaying with one of his previous quotes. Uh, There's those who live in New York City and those who wish they could live in New York City. So I guess that's directed toward the migrants coming here. Um, and then, you know, he goes right into... It's, you know, harnessing all of this anger that everyone has. I feel your anger. I feel you're upset. But let me tell you where to direct it at. And he had one source to direct it at, one source only, and that's Governor Abbott. Wait. He spent an hour bashing Governor Abbott of Texas, who's overrun 10 times more illegals running through Texas and are running through here, Chicago or Denver. He didn't bash uh, President Biden, his hero? No, he didn't even mention President Biden at all. He All he kept doing was referring to this one man who has clearly brought about every bad consequence in New York City, obviously. And, he, and he's lost to Abbott each and every time. Each and every time he tries to go mano-mano with Abbott, he's just not the man that Abbott is. Adam outsmarts him and the other man's, in fact... Finally, there was the question about whether illegal aliens are committing crimes here that I've been screaming about because the cops grab them. They find out they're an illegal alien and then they release them because they're considered untouchables. He finally had a reporter ask him that question. Do I do I believe that there are some migrants who are committing crimes in the city? Yes. Yes. Um, there are people who are committing crimes in all walks of life. Um, it's not just migrants and asylum seekers. Um, I think that we have a number of migrants who have committed crimes. Uh, we have a number of non-migrants who have committed crimes. And so I do not want to walk away with anyone saying uh, that the GLA increase we saw in the city was just migrants. No, it's not. It was long-term New Yorkers who committed GLAs also. But are there some crimes that migrants have committed? Yes, they, there are. But remember what I said last week. You place a person in an environment where they can't work, can't provide for themselves. They have to just sit around all day. That's not a good scenario. That's not a good scenario. And that is what we need to focus on. What environment are we creating in these cities? So we give them everything. 
more than a homeless person who's an American or emotionally disturbed or veterans get. And now he's basically saying, well, of course, they're going to go out and steal. Yeah, I mean, that's the invaluable insight you get from someone who has touted themselves on having a crime expertise. Um, Yeah, they're they're committing some of the crimes. And if they are, we understand. We're going to explain away why they're committing them. That's what it sounded like he was saying to me. Now, the reality is, and I've seen this with my own eyes outside of the Roosevelt Hotel and other migrant centers, Uh, They have uniformed police officers, two of them that are assigned to go around the area. They are not permitted to go inside the facility. They are not permitted to make arrests. And even eventually when uniformed police officers or detectives make arrests and they've determined that they're illegal aliens here, they cut them loose because they're untouchables. And they never contact ICE, Limigre, Immigration Naturalization Service, the federal agency that could begin deportation proceedings. Because Eric Adams and formerly uh, his friend, Governor Cuomo, called them thugs. But let's go to uh, that part that you said dominated yesterday's press conference, attacking Governor Abbott in Texas. Governor Abbott has done in his total reckless disregard for using people as pawns. uh, He has shifted and it just wants to create chaos. And we can't be so stagnant that we don't respond to his shift. And that is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to be extremely uh, calculative in how we do it, utilize our manpower, resources, utilize our, uh, our executive order's powers uh, to not just be stagnant. We put out an executive order. If he's shifting, we're going to shift. Yeah, he's going to shift. Now, yesterday he suggested after the press conference that he would send cops over to Secaucus, to Jersey City, Hoboken, where they're dumping the illegal aliens so that all they got to do is jump in the train and come over to the Roosevelt Hotel in Manhattan. I'm saying to myself, what are you going to have the cops do? They don't do anything here to the illegal aliens. What are they going to do over there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't stop them in in transport. Uh, that would be illegal to do. I mean, what, I mean, but best you can do is maybe just give them dirty looks so they, they don't get on the train. It's so stupid. And then again, he goes after Abbott. We coordinated and communicated with the municipalities in the area, and they should all do the same, EO. They should look at everyone that has that train line that leads into the city, everyone that has the municipalities around us. They should do the same, EO. This is what we learned from Chicago. He tried it in Chicago also. We're dealing with a person who just wants to disrupt. This is not about raising the attention on an issue. This is a mean-spirited way of using people and disrupting uh, municipalities, uh, not only in this region and in other parts of the entire in the, in the entire country. So we're going to pivot and shift and be prepared to send the right message to these bus operators. You should not participate in the actions of Governor uh, Abbott. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting how he rewrites history because this, this explanation of them being used as pawns, these migrants, that's how they started coming here in the first place, if you remember, he was saying, oh, I want you guys to come here. I welcome you with open arms. Like he was using the migrants as a political pawn because he wanted to seem very magnanimous. Oh, I'm different than the other. Guy. Well, then and then when he realized he took on more than he should have and he wasn't prepared, he had no plan of action. Now he tries to backtrack as though he didn't start this. Well, he had to be interrupted by his corporation counsel, Lisa Zornberg, who saw that he was talking himself into a corner. What's what's happening right now is 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 bonkers. It is really what Texas is doing is bonkers. 
Uh, it is um, financing a state uh, operation to send hundreds and thousands of um, migrant individuals, recent arrivals to the United States, uh, to New York City. It's the the mayor, uh, rather the governor of Texas, has proudly broadcast tens of thousands. He will not stop until national immigration policy is changed. Uh, will Texas coordinate in telling us when buses are departing or arriving? No. Well, interesting because Abbott won't stop until the Biden administration seals the border. That's what we all want, right? Mm-hmm. Close the border. Yeah, correct. So we should be supporting Abbott. We should can be coming together, Abbott the Republican, Eric Adams the Democrat, saying, yeah, the problem is with Joe Biden. He will not seal the border. Instead, we want to demonize Abbott. And the other thing is, is what this uh, corporation counsel, Lisa Zornberg, doesn't say is, that Texas does coordinate with Chicago and Denver and other cities. They let them know when the buses are coming. Yeah, and, and it's also um, forgetting the fact that Catholic Charities is responsible, as is the Red Cross as well, for um, you know securing a lot of these these uh, transportations to different states. They're asking you where you want to go when you arrive here. So clearly, it's not just one person; it's multiple agencies. Um, you know, dispersing everyone throughout the United States. In Catholic Charities and Red Cross, where do they get their money from to do this? The federal taxpayers, us. So we get screwed from our federal tax base. We get screwed from our city tax base, our state tax base, one big subsidy for illegal aliens. Then he went back to just attacking Abbott again. I am, we're dealing with a bully right now. And everything is on the table that conforms with the law. Our legal team at Corp Council and uh, my special counsel here, uh, they have spent the entire holiday weekend looking at every option that is available to us. Oh, they do not cooperate with ICE. So basically, they break the law. They say to the federal government, we are not going to cooperate with ICE, Immigration Naturalization Service, who could easily detain these criminal aliens, those who have committed crime here, schedule them for deportation. They have a center at Vesey Street. They have a center in Elizabeth, New Jersey. So he has decided to break the federal law, and then he hides behind the fact that we're a sanctuary Yeah, city. And, and a mayor that touts analytics so much, Comstat, you would want to know the stats on the people coming into the country. Like, where are they doing? What are they doing? Do they have any uh, background, sort of uh, criminal, you know, criminal background? Like, to have that information potentially available to you and choose not to view it means, I mean, you're dropping your responsibility as a leader. Nancy, I'm looking at all these cuts that you had of Adams. <laughs> it seems the only thing he did for an hour was bash Abbott. And just Abbott. Just Abbott. You know, Abbott, his one tough Texan. He's in a wheelchair, was paralyzed while he was running through a, an area one time and a storm and a tree limb hit him. And now he's paralyzed below his waist. This is one tough Texan who outsmarts Eric Adams every step of the he's way. He's scaring him all the way from Texas. Here it is again. The guy couldn't stop beating up on Abbott. We're going to continue to respond based on the layers because when, you know, this is a, you know, this is a. A, a diabolical plan by this governor, and we're going to have to respond based on what he's doing. And we did have communications with our other municipalities in the region. We did speak with them, communicated with them, and we want to encourage them 
all to put in a similar uh, EO. That's our goal. Yeah, he likes to pivot and shift away from any responsibility whatsoever. And he has no allies. Notice in the region, nobody from Nassau County, nobody from Suffolk County. Well, apparently he keeps talking about these people around the United States, this coalition that he's formed that's so strong. But to your point, none of them are here. Nobody from upstate. Nobody from Connecticut. Nobody wants to talk to him. And now (laughs) I've given the homework to James Flippin for tomorrow's show to find out if, in fact, the mayors of Hoboken, Jersey City, Secaucus, and the governor of Jersey are going to work, are going to work with Eric Adams to not accept these illegal aliens and to somehow turn them back instead of allow them, underlay, underlay, to continue on in New York City. And then he accused Governor Abbott of being anti-American. This is so anti-American. And if we don't get to the corner of this, okay, we, you can keep expanding this, but it's not sustainable. And we want to go to fix the problem while we are dealing with what Governor Abbott is doing you know, he's obsessed with Abbott. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, to say anti-American, all he keeps focusing on is the bad conditions for the migrants. He's not paying any attention to what's going on with the American citizens here. That's anti-American. You know, Governor Abbott was up in New York. He uh, spoke just a block away from the Hotel Roosevelt. He came here to WABC. He did interviews. He did Fox News. He spent a whole day in New York City. Eric Adams could have had a sit down with him in which they agreed to disagree on so many other issues and but agree that Joe Biden, the president, has to seal the border because it's destroying Texas. It's destroying New York. It's destroying sanctuary cities, sanctuary states. That would have been a strong coalition, a Republican and a well-known Democrat together saying, Mr. President, you must seal the border and seal it now. Up next, oh, there he was, crying in his coffee, New Year's morning. The guy who started all this Michigash, uh, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who claims he's still married to Charlene as they built us for $1.5 billion at Thrive Money. But he was all alone on New Year's morning, stirring his coffee because... None of those femme fatales he's been chasing of late want anything to do with this guy. Check this out. It's the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Oh, before we talk about Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, and his crooked wife, Charlene, apparently in just an hour or two, get ready, Justin Ellick, hold on to your seats, wrong way, Lou Rafino. the first of 177 names will be released by a federal judge. These are men who either were on the Lolita Express with Jeffrey Epstein and his underage women or out there on uh, Pedophile Island, which was attached to the U.S. Virgin Islands. There are a lot of guys sweating. 
I had some names. I could not verify it. I would have revealed them this morning with Sid Rosenberg, but my wife uh, said no. No, <laughs> because it has not been verified. And you know the agreement I have with John Katsimatidis, our owner and operator. If I'm wrong, I'm gone. But preemptively, Alan Dershowitz uh, settled his case with one of these uh, young women in which basically it was no contest. So he's been eliminated, although he's on the file. Bill Clinton, 50 times, is on the file. I think he's uh, 36B or something like that. There are major folks in the media, in politics, in business, who are on this list. If this list that I had is the correct list, and there are some people going to be sweating bullets, I don't know how they explain how they were on Pedophile Island or on the Lolita Express flying around with Jeffrey Epstein. And like we saw pictures of Bill Clinton being massaged by underage women on the Lolita Express. So so to be continued, hopefully our hosts and hostesses reveal those names as they are released by a federal judge all day long. A hundred and seventy seven of these guys who are probably squirming right now, Justin Ellick. Don't worry, you're not on it. You're going to have a lot of explaining to do. Exactly. But let's talk about a guy who I'm pretty sure is not on it. Uh, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope. So New Year's morning, we see this picture. Describe Bill de Blasio, if you can, for our listeners. Well, he was wearing uh, sweatpants, a little bit of an oversized jacket. He had on a, a beanie hat, some sneakers. And he was having coffee all by himself at a, a no-ho location. Uh, someone had said that they saw him. He looked lonely, cold, and homeless. And if the the coffee wasn't so expensive, they would have thought he was a homeless person and given him a dollar. Well, I hope <laughs> our New Year's resolution I can share with everyone out there. But we're going to need help on this, ladies and gentlemen, because the Democrats will not eat their own babies on this. They are protective of the thief, Bill de Blasio, and his wife, Charlene. You see, that's why it's important to have a two-party system. We don't have that in our state. We don't have that in our city. It's all Democrats all the time. All the state-level positions, the Attorney General, Tish James, all the major Democratic uh, leaders in the city, they won't touch this. It's like the third rail. They all know that uh, Bill de Blasio and Charlene were crooks. There was $1.5 billion spent over five years for a fake, phony, fraudulent uh, program called Thrive. Yeah. Uh, the intention was to care for the many emotionally disturbed and psychiatrically impaired people living in the streets, the parks, and the subways. There's never been documentation of one. That program, which I will reveal tomorrow, has been carried over into the Eric Adams administration With a different name, it's now housed in City Hall. And again, it does nothing for the emotionally disturbed and the psychiatric impaired. I make a commitment to all of our listeners here that we don't just talk about the news. We don't just expose uh, the criminality involving politicians, both Democrats and Republicans. But Nancy, we've got to commit ourselves to our audience, our vast audience, that we have to finally find out what bank they have $1.5 billion in, whether it's in Panama, Switzerland, Antigua, the Cayman Islands. we got to do it, Nancy. We'll find it. We will do it. 
if it's the last thing we do.